Welcome to the Judge John Hodgman podcast. I'm guest bailiff Scott Adson. This week, Lawn and Order. Jumi brings the case against her husband, Josh. Josh thinks they need a riding mower to tame their front and backyards. Jumi says the idea is absurd and impractical. Who's right? Who's wrong? Only one man can decide. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman enters the courtroom. There's no one knows your life better than a bailiff that's near your age. He knows who you are and what you are better than anyone on earth. My bailiff and I said some unforgivable things the last time we met, and I'm trying to put that behind me. And this trip is a hard swallow of my pride. I just hope I'm not too late. A bailiff's a bailiff. Scott, swear him in. Jimmy and Josh, please rise and raise your right hands. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God or whatever? I do. I do. Do you swear to abide by Judge John Hodgman's ruling, despite the fact that Judge John Hodgman has only ridden a tractor once in his life, and that was as Farmer McField in his school's production of Why We Eat Vegetables, and that that tractor was played by his classmate Bobby Swantek, and that that school was Yale University? I do. I do. Thank you. Judge Hodgman, you may proceed. Thank you very much, guest bailiff Scott Adsit. What a pleasure to have you here again. For an immediate summary judgment in your favor, Jumi or Josh or Scott, you can also play. Can you name the piece of culture that I paraphrased and made reference to as I entered the courtroom? Scott? Uh, was it Ocean's 12? Incorrect. And not close. Jumi? Was it um, the Lawnmower Man? Oh, Maybe I should have thought of that one. <laughs> that would have been good for this case, wouldn't it have been? But that was not what came to mind when I was right. trying to come up with something to say as I entered the courtroom. Josh, it all comes down to you. Uh, of Pride and Prejudice, Zombie Edition? No. You mean Pride and Prejudice and Zombies? Yes. Yeah, no, 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 again. It was from a film called The Straight Story, 1999, starring Richard Farnsworth, directed by David Lynch, based on a true story about an older uh, guy, a farmer in the Midwest, who, uh, whose brother is dying, and he cannot uh, get his driver's license renewed due to failing eyesight and a bad leg. So he drives his riding lawnmower hundreds and hundreds of miles to see his dying brother, Jumi. Uh, uh, you have a you have a bone to pick with your husband. Is that correct? That is correct. And what is the what is the the pick and bone? So the pick and bone is that um, Josh. Well, we have a lawnmower currently, but our lawnmower is dying, and it's it's about ten years old. It's time to replace it. And so as we're looking for a new lawnmower, Josh insists on getting a riding lawnmower, mm -hmm. also known as a lawn tractor. That has a cup holder. I'll take I'll take your uh, I'll take your word for what it's also known as. I don't have one. <laughs> and then you just and then you threw in like with an arched eyebrow that has a cup holder, which would seem you know like as though I know what that signifies. What does that signify to you, Jimmy? It signifies the fact that mowing the lawn when you're riding one of these things is a very lazy activity that you don't even need both hands, so you can use one hand to drink a beer. I would so like to do so. I would like to submit that comment as evidence. As evidence of what, Josh? Uh, that 
it makes lawn mowing easier and therefore you'll do it more. Oh, I thought you were going to use it as evidence of Jumi's incredibly snobby attitude towards <laughs> suburban conveniences. Jumi does seem to be in contempt of Josh. <laughs> I hold you in contempt of Always. Josh, Jimmy. How long have you been married to, to one another? Six months on Saturday. Oh, congratulations. So you are, you are newlyweds. Yeah, apparently. Well, how well, long congratulations. You... This, is, this is about a seventh year argument. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're speeding, yeah. You're speeding up the bridge to, to, to total marriage fighting. We did get married when there wasn't any grass on the ground, so. Well, did you, and and did you meet the day before? Was this an arranged marriage or did you not know that you would have such fundamental disputes as to whether or not to ride on a lawnmower? I think last summer still, I mean, we have been together for a while, but last summer the lawnmower still worked, so it wasn't an issue. Okay. Because we had a lawnmower. Well, wait a minute. How long, how long have you guys been dating before getting married? Uh, she knew me back in 2003. Yeah, but we've been dating since about 2006. Okay, dating since about 2006. Cohabiting, how long? Since oh. about 2006. Oh, okay. So you guys have been living together for quite a while in sin. Yes. Yes. And now you've made it right before the dread god Cthulhu. Yes. Or whatever. Spaghetti god. Exactly. And, uh, and you, uh, have you lived in the same place the entire time or is it, has that changed? No, it's the, been the same house. All right. Describe the describe the house and the grounds to me. Okay. So we live in a suburb of Minneapolis mm-hmm. in a standard sort of, it's a rambler, so single-story home, about 1,200 square feet. Wait a minute. And, a rambler? Is that a term? Have you ever heard that before, Scott? I have not, Judge. A rambler. What is, am I, am I, am I watching HGTV all of a sudden? Doesn't it sing Western songs to you as you sleep? It's, it's a boxy house, one story. In um, other places of the world, they would call it a bungalow. But when I moved to Minnesota, I learned that these were called Ramblers. So that's a, that's a, that's a Minnesotan thing? Apparently. Okay. So it's a one-story a one box home. Yes. Mm-hmm. Rambler like makes a, it seem like the house is wandering around the neighborhood. Just give <laughs> me land, cool lots of land, and the starry skies above. Don't mow my lawn. <laughs> don't, um, don't laugh the, at that. That was terrible. Go on. So you live in a one-story Rambler. Mm-hmm. In a the sub- house in the garage probably take up like a third of the whole lot. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. our lot's about a quarter of an acre. So, and your argument is that this is this is too little, this is too little land to merit something to ride around on. Indeed. All right, and and you submitted some evidence to this. Some. Some uh, you, you either made use of uh, a popular internet mapping service that, <laughs> that taps into our satellites to look at yourselves uh, yes. from a bird's eye view, or else you have your own uh, predator drone. I, I think it was uh, uh, Google's um, "Do you need a ride and lawnmower app?" Oh, all right. Well, thank you for thank you for buzz marketing the the service that I was trying to avoid mentioning. Yeah, so um, there's an overhead view of the lot, and then also um, that service that invades our privacy also drove by the house and took a picture and this of is the in, front yard. This is in Minnesota. Yes, this is very charming. This looks this looks like the neighborhood from Peanuts cartoons. Yeah, yeah Which, um, I think that um, this is the Charles land- was from south of here. Yeah, like south of Minneapolis. But yeah, this makes sense. This is the land of Charles Schultz because it looks. 
Are, are you looking at this, Scott? Do you have access to these materials? Yes. And but you, you know what I mean? Don't you sort of feel like you, you're going to see like a troop of a troop of neurotic kids? Yes. Talk- and maybe very low walls that they could lean on. Yeah, exactly. When when maybe a guy didn't feel like drawing bodies that day. <laughs> so, it so it's a lazy neighborhood is what you're saying. Well, I'm saying it's, yeah. it's a lazy it's a sub. It is a extremely classic capital S suburb of the kind that you don't see a lot anymore and is very typical of suburban Twin Cities, in my experience, driving around there looking for Charles Schultz's house late at night for reasons. Your Honor, uh, we actually live in a um, it used to be a place called Oak Park and Mm -hmm. all the houses are the same. Mm -hmm. So it's the same layout. Some of them they'll just put a second story on. So. You see, when you drive around the neighborhood, everybody does the best they can to make their house not look like everybody else's. Right. But they all still look the same. They all still look the same. And and your solution to individuate yourself from your neighbors is to pretend that you are a farmer. Correct. All right. So, Josh, I haven't heard much from you because obviously in this marriage and relationship, you were constantly being shouted down by Jumi. So tell me your story. Uh, my story is, uh, I, I actually lived with my grandparents, uh, out in the country. Mm -hmm. Uh, they retired to a tree farm of all places. Mm -hmm. And, uh, one of the things is when I was a kid before I I drove a car. Like a Christmas tree farm? Like a Christmas tree farm? Uh, Christmas trees, basically, uh, we let them grow a lot bigger than that. They're for the DNR. So maple and, uh, spruce. They're for the um, do do not resuscitate order? Exactly. (laughs) What so, is it? What is um, it? Department of Natural Resources. Is that what that is? DNR? Correct. Yes. Don't drop don't drop a bunch of don't drop a bunch of initials on me and expect me to know what you're talking about. Okay? <laughs> I didn't grow up in a tree farm. All right. Oh. I grew up um, I grew up in a city. Brookline, Massachusetts. <laughs> so what why were you growing these trees? Uh so basically the uh the DNR wants to reforest and they create habitat for animals. Mm-hmm. Um my grandparents used to have a tree trimming business where they would either trim or cut down trees. Uh tornadoes came through and my grandpa would go up on ropes and basically drop the tree down limb by limb to not, you know, not hit the house or anything like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And after he retired, he decided to to give back to the uh the um community of trees and ended up basically took over a farm and uh planted uh spruce and uh maple trees. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um and then basically I uh moved out there when uh once I got done with elementary school and uh before I before I drove a car, I ended up having a Cub Cadet lawn tractor uh, that I drove around, and I'd drive it down to the down well, not the cities, but down to the uh, the local town, uh, pull boats and trailers and that kind of stuff. Wait a minute! <laughs> so you, Richard Farnsworth, did up? You would drive around on a lawn tractor? Yep, I even what? had a trailer with a chair in it so I could carry people. You had a trip? What? What kind of chair? Please tell me it was a rocking chair. No, no, I, it's something I welded up. So you welded up a chair. Yep. And you put it in the tra- like. What do you mean you welded it up? You made a chair out of out, out of scrap out of, iron, out of iron, iron trimmings that you got from your granddaddy's iron farm. Exactly. <laughs> you made so. a chair. Yep. Okay, and then you put it into the trailer. No, it was the trailer. So you were just you were you were in a chair with wheels. The chair underneath was it. the trailer down the road. Yeah. Well, you made a transformer. Yes. <laughs> you made a trailer that could also be a chair. Correct. 
it was I've a read about this uh, trailer. Judge, yes. Yeah, tell me. I've Scott. read about this. Well, I've read about this kind of uh, person. There are people out there who actually make things that are physical and can be used by people in a physical way. Well, sure. Look, I read I read the same legends in school books as you did. <laughs> but this guy is saying he actually did it with his own hands. Is there any photographic evidence of that? Yeah, I'd like to oh, see a picture of your crazy. Gonna, like, yeah, there is. We couldn't find the picture to scan it in. Uh-huh. See, see what I mean, I Scott? See what I mean? There's I no proof the that evidence. these people ever existed. Yeah, I look, you're biased. You're 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 running this hoax too. You might as well you might as well be peddling Bigfoot to me right now. Josh. What was the furthest distance you drove on your on your weird Jed Clampett rig? Uh probably about eight miles to Luck, Wisconsin from Atlas. At what speed? Uh, about twenty miles an hour. It's pretty fast. Yeah, I modified the uh, governor on the carburetor. So, uh huh. And who were you giving? Rope. <laughs> who were who you giving a ride to? And how long would they manage to stay on? Uh, it was just a it was just a boat trailer. So, Wait, but you put a chair in there so you could give rides to people. Who did you give yes, a ride but, to? But not that far. Uh, to my aunt and my brother. Uh huh. Um, and only one person and, could sit there. Well, if you had a, you could put a puppy on your lap, but that was about it. Okay, this is what we used to call. This is what we call a Minnesota pedicab. No, excuse me, a Wisconsin, <laughs> Wisconsin pedicab. So, so you then fall in love with Jimmy. You move into a house that is that constrains you. You're a man of the tree farm, not a man of of the neurotic peanuts 1950s. You push around. What kind of lawnmower did you have before this? The one that uh, it was a five horsepower Craftsman lawnmower. Uh-huh. Uh, only mulching. It didn't have a. It had a bag attachment, but it didn't have like a side discharge chute. There's the, a picture of that. Yes, I see the picture of it there. And you, of course, the first thing I noticed was its lack of a side discharge chute. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that brings up a good point because um, the our our grass actually grows a lot faster. Um, and there's a lot of areas that are, are pretty thick. And the problem with the push mower is it just doesn't have the power to cut the grass um, consistently. So what ends up happening is if you use the bag attachment, it fills the bag up in, in one rotation of going around the yard. Uh, or if you have it just mulch in, it, it clogs it up and it dies right away. So you're constantly starting the thing again. So you're making the argument that this five horsepower lawnmower which i now understand no longer works right so it's kind of uh, it's mooted it, it it it's still running like i i was surprised when it started up this spring but it has started the times we've needed it this year so jumi do you agree that it is time for some kind of new lawn mowing technology absolutely all right and your objection to the riding mower which you have yet or you do not yet have, Josh? Um, I actually, uh, I was trying to start the push mower. I got frustrated, so I went on, sorry, I'm not going to say the name of it, but a uh, local local sell-in site and found a uh, really good deal. It was an antique John Deere lawn tractor with a brand new engine. And you rode your push broom right over and picked it up. Yep, and... uh, I, I, he had it for $175. I talked him down to $100 um, and uh, brought it home. And 
the moment I got it home, I, uh, Jimmy looked at it and she said, no, we are not having a uh, riding lawnmower. Get that thing out of here. Mm -hmm. So I ended up, uh, one of my buddies had just moved to a house from a townhome mm -hmm. uh, where they mow the, their lawn uh, for them. Mm -hmm. And um, so he ended up, he was looking for a riding lawnmower, so I sold it to him. Why was he looking for one? I didn't, they, they mow it for him, right? No, he went from a townhome to oh, a place I see. where Oh, he I see. He has to mow his own lawn. And he's having yeah. the time of his life, correct? Exactly. Is the thing so. working okay? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So he loves it. Yeah. I'm looking at a picture of it right now, and, and you, you know what I don't see? What? Well, first of all, you know what I do see? Something that might be a side discharge chute. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and what I don't see is a cup holder. And then what uh, I, there was pictures with the cup holder, but I think uh, due to the bandwidth size, I didn't give them to you. Uh huh. And then, but what I do see is a really nice looking, beautiful John Deere golden green lawn tractor. So 1970s. Jimmy, 1970s. It's like, yeah. And you got it for what? hundred and what? A hundred dollars. A hundred dollars. And it worked. Did you try it out at all? It did. I uh, mowed the lawn twice with it. Mm -hmm. So while I was waiting for uh, my friend to come pick it up. And did you have did you have memories of being a young man dragging your aunt along the rural roots of Wisconsin with a puppy on your lap? I did. I actually hooked it up to my boat and trailer and just drove around the yard a few times in uh, memory of it. So, well, that that sounded that was what well, it started as nostalgia now turned into mania. <laughs> so, Jimmy, yes, sir. I don't I don't see the argument here. What what is the argument? Why did you make him give this thing away? Um, there's a few reasons. The first is that, um, we don't have space to store it. So mm -hmm. it, it, it takes up significantly a larger space in the garage than the, uh, regular lawnmower does. You have a one car garage or two car garage? It is a one workshop, one motorcycle, and a lot of spare parts garage. So no car goes in there? Unfortunately not, no. If there were to, a car to go in there, would it be a one-car garage or a two-car garage? It would be a two-car garage. All right. Go on. Next reason. Because of our lot is so small and because we don't have hills, mm -hmm. I feel that our neighbors will laugh at us for using a riding lawnmower while we are like able-bodied adults. Mm -hmm. And um, the last reason is that basically I don't get along very well with small engines and they tend not to start off well for me and they don't run very well. So I like things to be less complicated. And so a riding lawnmower is more complicated than a push mower. And so there's more points of failure where I won't be able to mow the lawn. And then the neighbors will judge us for not having our lawn mowed. Well, first of all, I have, I have two questions. One is about your neighbors. Why are they such jerks? If they're constantly laughing at you and judging you, maybe you should move. Have you ever heard of the term Minnesota nice? Yes, I have. <laughs> well, that's it right there. Yeah. They're from Wisconsin. <laughs> oh, no. yeah. But no, they're, they're from here. Would, how, would you how would you describe Minnesota nice to the listeners who maybe not, have not heard it before? Minnesota nice is a sort of passive aggressive, very nice to your face. But um, immediately, as soon as you're out of the room, a lot of back talking and cattiness. This is coming from a Canadian, by the way. Where are you from in Canada, Jimmy? I am from Toronto. Have you ever heard the term Toronto nice? Never once in my life. It just means you're pretty nice. <laughs> 
people from any other place in Canada wouldn't agree with you on really? that one. They yeah. really you think people in other parts of Canada think that people from Toronto are cool lawnmower haters who like to deny happiness among uh, of their partners? Pretty much, yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't know if Toronto had that reputation. I I actually thought uh, my interpretation of uh, Canadians uh, when I married her was that they were able to cut a tree down and skin a bear and and that kind of stuff. And uh, unfortunately, I found out that Toronto is is much like a uh, metropolis city. (laughs) Yeah, it's a big city. But I don't know why you're you know injecting the fact that Jumi doesn't have good luck with small engines doesn't mean that she's any less an awesome person. Oh, no, this no. She's, she's totally awesome. Right. She just doesn't like riding lawnmowers. Do you have any evidence that your neighbors are two-faced, awful people like you fear? No. Do you have any evidence that if it were not for... Well, let me put it this way. Do you have any evidence that if you had a regular lawnmower and that you, and that you able-bodily pushed it around... The, these awful two-faced phonies were going to like you anymore if they are, in fact, awful two-faced phonies? Or maybe they'll just find something else to talk about behind your back. This, this is all purely conjecture. Right. Do you have, Jumi, you say that you have trouble with small engines. Do you guys have a lawn mowing labor sharing plan where you guys agree that you take turns? Is it the case that you're going to be mowing this lawn a lot? So most of the time it's Josh who mows the lawn. Um, but there's times when Josh for work is away is out of town mm-hmm. and a lot of time that's in the summertime. Mm-hmm. And uh, so at those times I end up having to mow the lawn. And then I also end up mowing the lawn when there has been a long period of weeks where the lawn has not been mowed for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And then it's very long and then I need to mow it and then the lawnmower doesn't work and I am disappointed mm-hmm. and how often do you have to mow the lawn josh how long does how often does it need to be mowed josh or jimmy whoever is an answer well, ready? it uh it actually the funny thing is is it used to not be that much but um jimmy wanted us to try to kill the dandelions so she wanted us to consistently mow more often and with the increased rain uh it grows a lot faster so uh, probably about once every week mm-hmm and where, why are you leaving home for long stretches of time in the summer? I'm I'm in the Minnesota National Guard, and they've been sending me. Um, so I've been deployed three times already, um, and then uh, huh. a bunch of the times it's it's you have to go to camp or get called away for a school. So oh, okay, well, thank you for your service. Where have you been deployed? Uh, twice to Iraq, once to Kuwait. Oh, okay, yeah, I can see why they don't have uh, lawns there. No, so. I guess not. I guess not. Uh, and, and how do you respond to Jimmy's argument that, um, when you are off, uh, being an American hero, that she can't mow the lawn properly on a riding lawnmower? Uh, well, the thing I didn't, is, mean, she I didn't like, mean for that to sound sarcastic, by the way. No, 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 that's fine. I was um, trying, I was trying to emphasize the fact that n- not only, uh, does this riding lawnmower bring you pleasure in, in concept and in execution, but also you are a member of the Minnesota National Guard who is in, who is serving overseas and maybe should enjoy a thing from time to time. <laughs> um, so the main thing is, is uh, I I actually would counter that uh, Ryan Lawnmower is easier to start. It's It's got electric start. You're not yanking on it at all. You just push a button. 
Um, so if that doesn't work, then you just go charge the battery. I mean, it's a lot better than, than trying to pull in a cord for half the afternoon and hoping that it'll start. Jimmy, during the brief period that you had the riding lawnmower, the John Deere 1970s version, did you try to use it at all? Um, I wrote it once, but Josh started it for me uh-huh. and it has a pull cord start. Well, that one, that one did, that, but one, Josh, did. that one did, but yeah. the Josh, you're thinking about getting, percent. getting a, what, what, if you were going to, if I'm going to ruin your favor, and you were going to get a new riding lawnmower. Would you get a new riding lawnmower, or were you going to go to uh, to a, a local selling website that shall remain unnamed, and 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 do some of your patented tree farmer haggling? I would go back to my old Cub Cadet lawn tractor that I had as a kid. I would try to find one of those. Wait a minute. Is this? Are you buying something to mow the lawn or to putt putt down memory lane? Uh both. <laughs> But but if you really you have a list of ways to counter Jumi's arguments, one of them is she can't properly mow the lawn when you're away. If you get one of these things and you want to get a cub cadet from when you were a kid, my memory is that to start one of those things, you had to pull two rip cords and use an old timey can opener to pull the pop top. Nope, that had electric start too, and a, a automatic transmission. It had an electric start and an automatic transmission. And an automatic transmission, a hydrostatic automatic transmission. All right. You, don't have, you know what? You are an American hero, but you don't have to throw around a lot of words that I don't know. All right? I get it. Yeah, don't start singing Grease Lightning. <laughs> <laughs> or if you know the words, do start singing it. <laughs> go Grease Lightning. Go on. That's pretty much as much as I know. <laughs> grease Lightning. Go Grease Lightning. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I know those words too. All right. Well, I was singing backup for you. Oh, thank you. Oh, oh. All right. So what what other what what counter arguments do you have to make to Jimmy? Uh for the uh, yard is too small to mow often. Um it takes about two hours to mow the front and backyard. Um so doing a push mower, it's just gonna take that even though it's a small yard, we have to mow it more often. Um she said that we're uh, young and able and therefore we shouldn't need it. Uh, I've had three deployments, my back is bad. Um, and young people become old people by not embracing labor-saving technology. Wait a minute, so, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. Young people become old people by not embracing labor-saving technology? Correct. No, that's how obese teenagers start riding around in jazzies. <laughs> uh-huh. And, and then, and then you, you started, this was, I don't, I don't know that it's befitting of the, Minnesota National Guard for you start playing the pity card. <laughs> well, I've been overseas and my back hurts and also my PTSD. Look, you, those are those are real and very serious issues, but I don't think you should deploy them in service of getting a lawnmower, sir. <laughs> okay, I suppose that's fair. It'll call. Co- it'll it'll take less time. So I'm going to strike away your argument about young people stay young by augmenting their bodies with. Enhancements or something. Say, <laughs> take that, strike that. It'll take less time. It'll be easier for you, right? Roger. We leave it at that argument. Thank you. Yep. Uh, Jimmy, well, I think. What, okay. Josh, uh, you, you understand? I'm going to rule. I'm going to rule in your favor. So. Oh, okay. Sorry. You may. You may. Wait a second. You may. You may want to be careful. Well, Jimmy, you can. You can hear where this is going, right? Sadly, yes. So. Let me hear a final argument, a closing argument that's going to that's gonna change my mind. 
I mean, you want me to rule in your favor. Tell me why and, and what ruling you would like me to make, because you do have to change technology here or upgrade your, your mowing, because this sounds like the old 5 HP is, uh, uh, has got a, 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 a malfunctioning discharge, non-existent discharge chute with a lack of hydrostatic transmission and Marine National Guard or whatever. So what, what would you offer instead? I would like um, for you to rule that we purchase either a completely non-powered manual real lawnmower or a, if it must be a powered push mower, then a self-propelled mower with an electric start. And um, in the alternative, if you do rule that, if you do rule in favor of Josh, I ask that you add a proviso that he not ride the lawnmower down the street. And the reason for why you should rule for me yes. is, is that as much as this particular piece of equipment would bring Josh joy, he has a number of pieces of equipment that make him happy. And, um, and that should be so, enough. Like what, what equipment does he have that makes him happy? Currently, there is a bobcat in the backyard. I guess uh, a non-specified brand skid loader. Uh-huh. Okay. I don't know what so, that, I don't know what that is. It's kind of a it's got a tractor like track wheels and it's got a little scoop in the front and you use it for like moving dirt around mm-hmm. and like medium sized landscaping jobs. Josh, is that something you can ride down the street? Uh, yes. Yes, it is. And chase children. And do you do that? Not yet. So mm-hmm. You won't let me. OK. Why can't he ride his bobcat down the street? I'm pretty sure it's not legal. What? All right. Go on. Um, he has a boat, mm-hmm. um, a speedboat, mm-hmm. and he has a. Um, he currently has a dirt bike, but I'm under advisement that the dirt bike is going away. And he, he also has, has a motorcycle. N- he has a number of trailers and various welding equipment and multiple metal lathes. Let me ask you this question: Do you have a motorcycle, Jimmy? I do have a motorcycle. Okay. Get rid of it. We'll see you next time on the Judge Sean Hodgman podcast. <laughs> but it, it's fun, and it brings me some joy. Oh, well, I'm sorry. It doesn't matter. <laughs> but it, it's all I have when my husband is overseas, and I'm all, all, home, yeah, but home it's all Im- alone. Yeah, but don't you think the neighbors are talking about it? Yeah, they probably think it's awesome. Do you think – here's a serious question. And I would like you to answer honestly. Do you think that your husband has all of these things because he makes use of them and they enhance his pleasure and happiness in life? Or do you think he has a problem and he's hoarding machines and tools and stuff because he is a broken human being who can't stop thinking about rural Wisconsin? The answer to that question can't be both. No. Yeah, no, the, I, I appreciate do, that it's a spectrum, but you have to pick. <laughs> yeah, these things do, in fact, give him um, give him pleasure and enjoyment, and he does use them. Sometimes for the benefit of her. Yes. But not often. Not as much as would warrant actually owning these things as opposed to renting them when needed. I think I've heard everything I need to make my decision. I'm going to uh, I'm going to ride this. Uh, 
this egg beater into my chambers and uh, I will uh, I will uh, consider my decision. I'll be back in a moment. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman exits the courtroom. Well, Jumi and Josh, um, let me ask you, Jumi, how do you think if Judge John Hodgman rules in favor of your husband, how will this change your relationship? It means that um, I don't think it will change our relationship at all. So this has no consequences whatsoever. No, except in terms of, like, if I will ever be able to park my car in the garage, and the answer to that will become no. And you seem to be very concerned about uh, the neighbors and their judgment of you uh, through, through Josh. Well, <clears throat> our judgment of, their judgment of both of us, yes. So you're protecting your husband, really, when you're telling him not to enjoy himself. I only want what's best for him. What is your rank, Josh? Uh, I'm, I'm a uh, staff sergeant. Staff sergeant. So you're used to taking orders, but also giving some as well. Correct. And do you find yourself in... Uh, what, what, would, what would you say Jumi's rank is? <laughs> uh, I, I would say um, wife of the household, which is probably above uh, most other ranks. That is an officer position, I would think. Uh, correct. Okay. And uh, Josh, how do you think the relationship might change if you lost this case? Um, I would probably buy a few goats and put them in the backyard. Um, if we're, if we're going to go back in time to the Bronze Age, we might as well do that. So That's Count nice. You can ride those as well. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Is the cup holder a Bronze Age invention? Uh, I think it was. They, they haven't proven it yet, but they had cups back then. We'll be right back in just a moment with Judge John Hodgman's ruling. You're listening to Judge John Hodgman. I'm bailiff Jesse Thorne. Of course, the Judge John Hodgman podcast always brought to you by you, the members of MaximumFun.org. Thanks to everybody who's gone to MaximumFun.org slash join. And you can join them by going to MaximumFun.org slash join. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Aura. A-U-R-A. It's a simple but meaningful gift that you can give your mom or your dad or your step-grandparent or your uncle or your friend or anyone that you want to keep connected in your life who might not live near you. It's a digital picture frame from Aura. It's perfect for sharing pics of all the things that those friends can't be there for, from family vacations to grandkids' graduation to whatever. I have one of these, and I got one for my dad. And I got one for my mother-in-law. And it's amazing. We look at the photos all day long, and we're able to easily update their Aura frames so they see all the latest pictures from our lives as well. It comes with unlimited storage, simple controls on the frame. You can upload as many photos as you want, and your mom or your dad or your stepdad or your stepmom or your friend or whatever can pick the perfect one. And it takes only about two minutes to set up, seriously. See why it was named the number one digital frame by Wirecutter, uh, The Strategist, and Wired Magazine. Right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code Hodgman. That's A-U-R-A Frames.com, promo code Hodgman. Terms and conditions apply. 
The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Babbel. Okay, it's 2020, 2024, 2024. Oh, if hindsight were 2020, I I don't know what I would have done differently. All I know is that I'm taking every day in this year and trying to get better a little bit every day. That's what you do. That's the way progress is made, step by step, day by day, bird by bird. And that's the way it is when you're learning anything, especially a new language with Babbel. And if Babbel can help you start speaking language in just three weeks, Imagine what you could do in the rest of this whole year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars to private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts, real human beings, to help you start speaking a new language in as little as one, two, three weeks. Studies from Michigan State University, Yale University, and others continue to prove that Babbel is better. And that's not just the Yale football team putting their thumb on the scale because they love learning Indonesian from Babbel. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Take that, Yale, I guess. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but this is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash Hodgman. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing. And wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! Most of the plants humans eat are technically grass. Most of the asphalt we drive on is almost a liquid. The formula of WD-40 is San Diego's greatest secret. Zippers were invented by a Swedish immigrant love story. On the podcast Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, we explore this type of amazing stuff. Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks. Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman re-enters the courtroom. Well, first of all, I've been looking at this uh, surveillance photos of your home, and there is no question in my mind that this is not a home that requires a riding lawnmower in order to tend to the lawn, no matter what Staff Sergeant Josh says. It could be handled very easily by... Uh, a powered push mower uh, with an appropriate discharge chute mounted on it. Uh, and if you were truly uh, of, uh, of a puritanical uh, uh, mind or simply belonged to some bizarre religious sect, uh, even a regular uh, old-timey push mower, what, uh, what Jumi refers to rather snobbly as a real lawnmower, could probably do I didn't the job. Mean real is not fake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. I understand. Look, you know what? You used a word, and I and I took its meaning. 
that could probably do the job if you had, uh, as I say, if you belonged to a religious sect that uh, uh, that, uh, that 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 hated convenience and wanted to waste as much time as possible before you die. Uh, and so, if there were the situation that um, I, I would almost be inclined to to rule for Jumi if there were mitigating factors such as uh, there was, um, uh, well, I can't even think of what they would be. I guess if you guys couldn't afford $100 for a riding lawnmower that looks awesome, then maybe there would be that. If it were the case that Jumi, you were the person who mowed the lawn 90% of the time or even 70% of the time, uh, I would say, you know, uh, uh, possession is nine tenths of the lawn. You know what I mean? And you would be able to pick the tool that you, uh, that you get to use for it, but that's not the case. Uh, and what's more, uh, Josh has made a, a fairly compelling, uh, argument, uh, if only uh, by virtue of the wistfulness of his voice that having a riding lawnmower and riding it around and dragging family members behind him and doing uh, and and transporting uh, lap puppies is uh, is a part of his life that he wishes he had back and then there is the issue of this John Deere which you know I am a I am a man of civilization I am a nerd I grew up in a non-rural suburban uh, uh, affluent community known as Brookline Massachusetts um, and I have never sat on a riding lawnmower in my life, but just like pornography, I know what an awesome riding lawnmower looks like when I see it. And, uh, and that was a, that was a thing of beauty that your husband bought. And that to me is more telling than anything else, that this is as much an aesthetic choice as it is a functional one, or I should say as an aesthetic choice or preference that happens to coincide with functionality because this thing that he wants is something that is part of a deeper yearning that he has and the evidence jumi that you have attempted to provide that this would have some negative impact on your lives, unfortunately, is not very compelling because you've not been able to just, uh, to demonstrate that the neighbors would be put out, that they would even be upset, never mind that they're, they might snigger behind your back. If they snigger behind your back, who cares? You know, your husband is in the, in the Minnesota National Guard, American hero, and you're Jumi, you're awesome. Why do you care what they think? So there is, unfortunately, Jumi, no strong evidence here that would compel me to prohibit your husband from getting a, a thing that would make him happy. Yes, it's unnecessary, but owning things that are unnecessary is the definition of aesthetic. The definition of aesthetic is a thing that does more than simply serve a purpose, uh, but pleases the soul and mind in a different way. And there is no question in my mind that bobcats and dirt bikes aside, this is part of the physical, uh, uh, the physical uh, mise-en-scene uh, that will make your husband happy.
just as your motorcycle makes you happy. Here's the other thing. I know that that thing that he buys is going to be fun to ride. And if you like a motorcycle, you're going to like riding this thing. I betcha. This isn't part of the ruling, and I can't make anyone like what they're, not, what they're going to like or not. Maybe you won't. Maybe you'll hate it just out of spite. But my guess is you get on that Cub Cadet, you're going to be seeing Grease Lightning all the way to the neighbor's <laughs> house. You are going to go over to those young neighbors that you hate so much, and you're going to sing Grease Lightning, and you guys are going to have a Cub Cadet race. Maybe it won't work out exactly that way. <laughs> but in the meantime, I, 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 think, I, think your, I think your husband, Josh, has demonstrated a true desire for a thing. You have not demonstrated why it would cause any harm. He has demonstrated good taste in the previous tractor that he bought and that you made him give up. Cup holders or no, I find in favor of Josh. This is the sound of a gavel. Judge John Hodgman rules that is all. Well, that is the end of that case. And Josh and Jimmy, thank you so much for joining us. Any final comments before you leave the courtroom? I, I do admit that it will be fun to drive. If she lets me get it. Uh, I, well, I, I think will abide by the ruling. That is the law. <laughs> Jimmy, Josh, thank you for joining us. It has been just a ginormous joy. It's great. It's great, guys. You know what? It's going to be fine, Jimmy. Because here's the thing. I'm just going to say one last thing. It's like, you know what? You give, the, you give this guy, I can, you give this guy his, his toy, right? He's going to be like Snoopy. He's going to be dancing. He's going to be dancing for joy all the time. <laughs> you take this thing away from him, you're like Lucy taking away the football from Charlie Brown. He's going to be walking around the neighborhood, head down, like, a, like, a, like an eight-year-old talking about how, how clinically depressed he is, like a Charlie Brown Walking around the neighborhood. He'll also be sitting on his doghouse pretending it's a tractor. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for being good sports, guys. Thank you so much. This has been a lot of fun. Thank you. Judge John Hodgman. Oh, hey, hey, Scott, how are you? I'm sorry. I'm just trying to start up this automatic gin shaker. I should have gotten the one with the electric push start. You know what I mean? I understand. We have some things on the docket we'd like to clear up. Would you like to do that now? What, what are you using the royal? You using the royal we there, Scott? Uh, would you like to do some of your job? Okay, understood, guest bailiff. Ooh, pushy guest bailiff. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Christopher writes. My wife Christy and I have a dispute regarding our cat hunter. I'm sorry. I'll read that again. Have a dispute regarding our cat hunter. <laughs> Our cat wears no clothing, so I say Hunter is naked or nude. Christy insists that Hunter has a permanent fur coat and is therefore neither naked nor nude, but appropriately clothed. She points to the existence of the naked mole rat in support of her claim. I think this talk of hairless animals being naked is so much metaphor and only obscures an evident truth. Clothing is an article, not something that naturally grows out of one's body. No clothing means nudity. Could you please settle this matter once and for all time? Uh, yeah. Um, unless you are knitting little sweaters and pantaloons for Hunter, uh, you are you, what you have is a is a nude cat. Naked mole rat is a etymological anomaly 
that I think is not representative of how we use language in this case that is being used to describe a hairless mole rat and naked is simply being used as emphasis to emphasize just how disgusting and horrible this thing is to behold like most naked men do you know what i mean but i but i would say that 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 a a, a cat a cat that is a cat that is is has fur is no more clothed uh than a a a, a nude frenchman at a nude beach because that guy's got a lot of fur too I would say if you can see a cat's nipples, that cat is naked. I, yeah, well, that's an interesting. But you know, seeing the nipples, you know, you can. You know, it used to be a, you'd see a lot of men's nipples in seventies movies and stuff, but they were clothed. You know what I mean? Well, I didn't want to say butthole or penis. Thank you for that. Your consideration, guest Bill Scott Adsit, is uh, well, uh, well, uh, well appreciated. No, your cat is naked, lady. Stop it. Next. Chris writes, My wife and I can't agree on what to name our not-yet-born baby girl. And he's given us a list. <laughs> Leah uh-huh. or Lay. How, how do you pronounce uh, L-E-A-H? Leah. Not it is L- Leah. Not Lay. Lay would have an I in there. And a G. L-E-I. Well, that would be Lee. Ah. Lay is something you either do or wear in Hawaii. And if it's something you wear in Hawaii, it is L-E-I, I believe. But there is no human name that is Lei that I'm aware of, and I can't wait. I cannot wait to get your letters. Scarlet. That's actually pronounced Scarletti. I apologize. Victoria. Uh, that's Victorinox. Evelyn. Evelyn Wa. And. Cheno, spelled Chen. It's spelled Chenoalt. Oh no, that's Renault Lacar. Uh, I would never, ever, ever presume to name name someone's baby. Scott would do it in a second, but I'm holding him back. I would say the name Lay is very pretty. <laughs> it's not, and especially not for a girl, Scott, for obvious reasons. Explain it. No. But because you provided a list, I'm willing of, of potential names. I'm willing to give my opinion. And Scott, I uh, I would uh, welcome your opinion. If you have truly narrowed it down to these five, Leia, Scarlet, Victoria, Evelyn, and Chano, I think Chano is, must be a family name. In which case, I would say it would be pretty cool for a girl to have the name Cheno, but I can't know whether there would be a nickname and it still sounds like kind of a drugstore perfume. So no. Leah is a lovely name. Scarlet, that's too... That's too O'Hara. Victoria and Evelyn. Scott, what do you think? Leah, Victoria, or Evelyn? Well, I think if you want to go a unique route, you would combine two of the names and make it Scar-Lay. It's not, no lay of any kind. I don't know, Scar... Scar-Lay? And Lay. Scartoria? Yeah. Scartoria? Well, anything with Scar in it, I think, is kind of dangerous. Of these, I would say 
the one that speaks to me most that I would consider for my own daughter is Evelyn. Just because that's not one you see very often these days and doesn't have the same fictional character baggage that Scarlet does. And Victoria is a queen. Chanel is a drugstore perfume. And, and Leah is a, is, a, is a lovely name that I've known. And I've known lots of lovely Leahs. And maybe that's a little bit why I lean towards Evelyn because I've never known an Evelyn in my life. And the beauty of it is that if your daughter does decide to become a transgendered person or to change uh, her gender altogether, then she can keep her name, Evelyn. It's also a men's name. So, Everlay it is. Thank you, Judge John Hodgman. Write it in ink. Hey, Scott Adsett, it was a pleasure to have you be our guest bailiff as bailiff Jesse Thorne attended to some house-moving duties. Wow. He moved his house? He moved his whole, he moved his whole house. It was his duty. With a tractor, I hope. I, I think he did, and and uh, and with David Lynch filming him on an iPhone, because he's come around on that. A very special thanks to Aaron Fichtelberg for this week's case name. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks for joining us this week on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is a production of MaximumFun.org. Our special thanks to all of the folks who donate to support the show and all of our shows at MaximumFun.org slash donate. The show is produced by Julia Smith and me, Jesse Thorne, and edited by Mark McConville. You can check out his podcast, Super Ego, in iTunes or online at GoSuperEgo.com. You can find John Hodgman online at AreasOfMyExpertise.com. If you have a case for Judge John Hodgman, go to MaximumFun.org slash JJHO. If you have thoughts about the show, join the conversation on our forum at forum.maximumfun.org and our Facebook group at facebook.com slash Judge John Hodgman. We'll see you online and next time right here on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.